This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Dear Father in heaven, we bow before you. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to give you praise and thanks for your goodness and mercy. All these many years, how you've kept us, strengthened us, equipped us, and used us for your glory. We acknowledge 100% our total dependence upon you. And we know that we would never achieve anything without you because you said without me you can do nothing. And as I come to teach this morning, I make it known that I'm not trusting or depending on limited human abilities. But I am depending on you. And therefore I know without doubt that you anoint my mind that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. I thank you now for a supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing, your power, and your love to each person's mind. Bring understanding and removing confusion that your word will enter every heart, bringing faith and dispelling every fear. And we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for all that's revealed and accomplished through your word and by your spirit here today, in the wonderful, matchless name of our Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, to welcome all those who are watching live this morning, give them a great big hand. <laughs> praise God, praise God, from around the world. And you may be seated. Our message is titled, God Makes a Way Even When There Seems to Be No Way. Say that, God makes a way even when there seems to be no way. After 430 years of being slaves in Egypt, the children of Israel were delivered by God's mighty hand. Through signs and wonders and plagues, the nation of, the nation of Egypt was destroyed and brought to its knees. And God brought three million Israelites out of Egypt in one day. They left Egypt and traveled on to the Red Sea. I'm going to show you a map right here behind me of their journey. You'll see they left Goshen where they were staying in Egypt, and they traveled down here towards um, this section of the Red Sea. Can we all see that? Can we all see that? And they crossed right over here. Now, I did some research. I studied several maps. I spent quite a bit of time looking into that. And uh, that is the exact place that they crossed the Red Sea, right there. There's various scriptures to confirm that. They went from there straight to Mount Sinai. Okay? Praise God. Now, we're going to read about that in Exodus 14, verse 1. Follow with me on the screens or in your Bible. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying... Speak the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Haroth, between Migdol and the sea, opposite Baal-Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land, the wilderness has closed them in. So when you look at the map and the journey they took, where they could have gone straight across it looks like they were lost. That's what God did intentionally to confuse Pharaoh. For Pharaoh will say, verse 3, 
of the children of Israel. They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Now, God knows under normal circumstances that Pharaoh would never serve God. Never serve God. But after seeing all the signs, the wonders, the miracles, and the plagues poured out on Egypt, he would become a believer that there is only one true God. Because of the abnormal circumstances that Pharaoh was exposed to, he would become a believer. God gives all people equal opportunity to make their decision to serve Him or reject Him. And so it would be unfair to everybody else if God gave Pharaoh special treatment, bringing him to his knees to become a believer. And so God hardened his heart so that he would not be a believer in God, to use him for his glory. Now it was told, verse 5, now it was told the king of Egypt that people of Israel had fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people of Israel. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots. And all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea beside Pihariroth, before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt so with us, to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. Verse 14, and the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Now that is awesome, that God himself would fight for the children of Israel. Amen. I wonder if God would do that for his people in the New Testament. I wonder if God will do the same thing for the church after the cross as what he did for the Israelites before the cross. I wonder. We'll find out. Verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now behind them was the charging army of Egypt. Ahead of them was the mighty Red Sea. And God says, go forward. Step out in faith. 
That's similar to what happened to Peter on the boat in the, when Jesus was walking on the water. And Jesus, and Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if that's you, ask me to come to you walking on the water. And Peter said, uh, Jesus said, come. And he stepped out the boat and walked on the water. But really, he walked on the word that Jesus gave him. Come. If the Lord hadn't have said that, he couldn't walk on the water, right? Okay. So this is a similar instruction. God says, if you'll march out toward the sea, I'll part it. That's what he's going to do. First, you step out in faith, and then watch me part the sea for you. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Amazing. Israel had three options. First option, surrender to the Egyptians. They had nowhere to run. Second option, fight the Egyptians. That would have been futile because they were slaves, never been trained in warfare. They had no weapons. And the mighty empire of Egypt had all the weapons and chariots, spears and swords and bows and arrows. They would have no chance of conquering Egypt. The third option they had was just simply trust God. Trust God. We have three options regarding how we will go forward in life as well. We have three options every time we face a challenge in life. Number one, surrender to our problems. Problems we have been facing up till now. And then go into the future defeated. Surrender to our problem and go forward into our future defeated. That's our first option. Maybe you think everything's gone wrong up till now in your life. Maybe you have no fight left in you. Maybe you have already surrendered because you tried and tried and just kept failing. Maybe your problem is a physical problem. Maybe your problem is a financial problem. Maybe your problem is a family problem. Or maybe it's all three combined, the perfect storm. Israel had, had given up. Israel had given up. They're, they're freaking out. Why do you call us out? You have to die. They're confessing we're all going to die. That's where their faith's at. If Moses had given up, they would have all died and been defeated for sure. But Moses did not. Moses said to them, Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. Now, I wonder if God will fight for us. That was the question I asked you, right? Let's look at a scripture we know very well in the New Testament, after Calvary, the cross. Hebrews 13, verse 5. For Jesus himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, that's the scripture we all know and we can quote. But the next verse is the one I really want to focus on. Something we don't always quote. It says, so we may boldly say, the Lord is with us, why? So that we may, so that we may boldly confess. Boldly confess. Not whisper or think, but boldly confess. The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. Who can, what can man do to me? In other words, people cannot hurt me or harm me because the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. 
I'm supposed to boldly confess that according to this instruction. This is not a recommendation, not a suggestion, if you feel up to it. Like the policeman in the morning says to his wife, I've got to put on my uniform and go out in the middle of the street and stop the traffic today because the lights have gone out. I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like I'm up to it. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. It's got everything to do with that uniform. It's got everything to do with the name of Jesus and the authority of that name. It's got not, nothing to do with how you feel about yourself. Saying this, the Bible says, Jesus is with me always. He will never leave me, never forsake me. Therefore, I must boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. No one can hurt me. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. He will deal with this problem. Praise God. Isaiah 40 verse 29. God giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Praise his name. Said that the Lord increases my strength. His strength is mine. Psalm 31 verse 24. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Say this, my hope is in God. He strengthens my heart. Praise his holy name. So our second option would be to fight. To fight. Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Moses never told Israel to fight with their physical strength. Moses never told Israel to fight with their own strength against the Egyptians. Neither did Moses tell the children of Israel to scatter and run for their lives. Everybody run for your life. <laughs> you didn't say that. Moses told Israel to stand still and put their faith in the Lord. Amen. Stand still and put your faith in the Lord. Praise his name. Moses said in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. The Israelites were no match for the mighty huge empire of Egypt. We will come right back to the children of Israel standing at the Red Sea with the army of Egypt behind them. But we're just going to take a little detour here for a moment. King Jehoshaphat and his small nation of Judah were no match for the three large mighty nations that came against them either. Second Chronicles 20:15. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, because this, of this great multitude that's come against you. For the battle is not yours, but God's. So God said to the nation of Judah and to King Jehoshaphat, The battle is not yours, but God's. We have a similar situation here where God is saying to Israel, I'm going to take care of this. Stand still and see the salvation of God. 
Now, some people are so discouraged after facing all the challenges of life, and I understand that. I understand that. I sympathize. I have compassion for them. But just to tell them I feel sorry is not going to help them. We've got to give more than that. We have to give in the Word of God, the hope and the faith of God. Amen? So the people were so discouraged, I know they are, they are determined to continue fighting in their own strength. That's the problem. When people fight in their own strength, they're going to get worn out and destroyed. Because in our own strength, we're no match for the problems of life and the devil and demons. But we have the strength of Christ, the authority of Christ given to us. We don't have to fight in our strength. Amen? Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. That's what God said. Amen? So, unfortunately, these diehards who want to fight in their own strength, they'll tell you something like this. This is their confession. This is their argument. They'll say, you know, God takes care of those who take care of themselves. That's their scripture. But that scripture is not in the Bible. If you ever find it, I want to see it. <laughs> Dear family, the only fight we as Christians are called upon to fight is the good fight of faith. The only fight we're called upon to fight is the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. Why is it a good fight? Because we always win when we fight with faith in God. Amen? God will always come through for us. We don't... We must never give up trusting God. Never give up trusting God. Fight the good fight of faith. Now some folks, bless their hearts, these diehards, who want to fight in own strength, they read, open their Bible to 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, and they read the word fight, and then they closed their Bible, and they've been fighting ever since. That's their problem. Fighting in their own strength. We are supposed to do, what are we supposed to do then when we face problems in life? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to run our race that God has set before us? We are supposed to run the race that God has set before us, but we have problems along the way. The devil will put up gates, roadblocks. Amen? But the Bible says, the roadblocks of gates of hell will not stop the church. So we are going to trample them under our feet, right? How are we supposed to deal with them? The answer is found in the very next verse, Exodus 14, 15. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Go forward. But if you lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Go forward. This means go forward trusting God's word. Trusting God's instruction. Trusting the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The children of Israel saw the mighty army of Egypt charging down behind them. And they saw the great red sea in front of them. And there was no way of escape. Now, a few years ago, some divers went to explore in that very area 
where the children of Israel crossed over the Red Sea to see if they could find any remains of the Egyptian army that drowned. And they found leftover wheels of chariots and chariots and spears and all sorts of things down there. But a very interesting thing they discovered, and that was this, that about 40, 40 feet below the surface, like about as high as this building here, below the surface of the water, it was flat all the way across the ocean, flat. A mountain range with a flat top and about 200 meters wide, a road existed, a bridge, if you would, and then on each side of it, it went down very steeply into the depths of the ocean all the way along. So there was a bridge created by a mountain range or existing a mountain range, mountain range existing bridge there that obviously God created at the beginning when he created the world. It's been there all the time. The children of Israel could not see the road beneath the surface of the sea. They could not see it, even though it was there from the beginning of time, from the beginning of the creation of the earth. Now, I don't know what you're going through right now. Whatever it might be, God knows the way of escape for you. He has planned it. God made a way for Israel, even when there seems to be no way. God brought the children of Israel from Egypt, that roundabout way, to that very point. So that the Egyptians would think they were confused and follow them down there and destroy Israel. But God took them through the, the sea on dry land. And then when the Egyptians tried to cover it, uh, cross over it, God drowned them. You see, they had murdered the, the Israelites. They had persecuted the Israelites for 430 years. Now they're reaping their harvest. Reaping their harvest. God brought them there to judge them for all they had done against his people. And then God set them free. When they got the other side of the Red Sea, the children of Israel looked back over the waters that calmed down. And all they saw on the other side was Pharaoh on his own with his chariot. His army was gone. His nation destroyed. They were free free. No more Egypt to worry them. Free. Family of God, that's what Jesus did to the devil. Totally neutralized him and gave you authority over him. He did that at Calvary for you. You are in charge. The church is in charge. You are in charge. Your enemy has been defeated. You are victorious. You are more than conquerors through Christ our Lord. Amen? Praise his name. If all of Israel had fight, had fought at the same time, or struggled at the same time, or stressed out at the same time, it would not have solved the problem. Only trusting God could solve that problem for them. Only trusting God. It would have been completely futile to attempt to try any of the other ideas. Maybe you are in a situation right now where you feel like 
the children of Israel with the army of Egypt behind you and the Red Sea in front of you. The future may look bleak for you. Even so, no matter what your enemy and the devil has planned for your life, God has already planned your escape. God knows the devil's plan. He knows what Satan is up to. And God has a way out. God is the way maker. God is the way maker. What God did for Israel right there, God will do for every one of us and his people. God is the way maker. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise his name. God makes a way even when there seems to be no way. You might not see the way out right now, but I'll show you how to, how to get it in a moment. All right, so option number three that we have is to trust God for deliverance. Trust God for deliverance. Trusting God for, the, for deliverance is the way of faith. It's a way of, take, of going forward trusting God. It's a way of declaring something positive in your time of trial. Trusting God to make a way for you is the way of saying something positive in your time of trial. It's very important when problems come our way, it's very important to think before you speak. Very important to pause. Think before you speak. Numbers 14, 28. God said to Moses, Tell the children of Israel, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I shall do unto you. And one time, Pastor Bibb will tell you about that in one of her messages. One time, we faced a serious problem. And I went to God. At the moment the problem came, I looked to my heart, and I said, What must I do? And the Lord gave me a scripture, Numbers 14, 28. As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I'll do unto you. So I said, why did you give me that verse? Doesn't seem to make, connect the dots with what we're facing. And the Lord said to me, the Holy Spirit said to me, because I'm waiting to hear what comes out your mouth next so I can act. Now listen to this very carefully, child of God. When a problem comes your way, God's waiting to hear what comes out your mouth. Because God and the angels are waiting to react. And your words will empower the angels. And your words will scatter the demons. When you speak to your circumstance. Alright, now listen very carefully here. This is something you could say. As simple as this. Say it with me. God is making a way for me. Right now, even when there seems to be no way. That's what you say to your problem. Let's try it again. God is making a way for me right now, even when there seems to be no way. You see, the Lord said, you may boldly say, right? Don't whisper it to the devil. Mr. Devil, you know, you can leave now if you really want to. You know, treat me nicely, be nice, be sweet now. And the devil's going to shiver in his boots, right? I can just see it. I can see it. No, he's not. <laughs> Say this, God has a road for me. 
to walk on, it will take me safely into my future. Psalm 37, 39. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. Said, God is my strength in my time of trouble. He fights my battles for me, just like he did for Israel. Verse 40 says, And the Lord shall help me and deliver them. The Lord shall help them and deliver them. Say that, the Lord shall help me and deliver me. He shall deliver them from the wicked and, and save them because they trust in him. Now, so you now have got the key to your victory when you face your Red Sea and your marching army behind you. You're going to confess God is the way maker. But now God wants to use you to be a way maker for your family. God wants to do miracles through you to be a way maker to your family. Show them the way. God wants you to be the way maker to your neighbors. God wants you to be a way maker to those you work with. God wants to work through you and be a way maker to those you go to school with and college with. God wants to do miracles through you to help others. God wants you to take them to the growth track right after each service to show them the way to eternal life. Take them there. Don't send them. Pick them up and bring them to church. We're going to pray in a moment for all those that we know that need to come to church. Everybody knows somebody that needs to come to church. Unless you live in a cave under a rock, you know somebody that needs to come to church. And everybody said amen. amen. Somebody you can invite to church. Somebody who will find God in church. Somebody who will find freedom in a fellowship group. Somebody who will discover their purpose on growth track. Everybody is born on purpose for a purpose. And if you'll take them to growth track, they'll discover the reason of their birth and they'll fulfill it. And then when they've done all that, they'll begin to make a difference in the lives of others. And that's what it's all about. It's all about the joy we receive because we are making a difference in the lives of others. Is that not the case? Thank you for the one holy amen. So we're going to pray now for those who we're going to invite to church. And we're going to confess over our future to ensure our victory going forward. And are you right with that? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now think of the person's name that you want to invite to church. Especially now at the celebration, you have a great reason. Think of a name, and then we're going to pray. I'll give you one, 30 seconds. Because we are going to pray for that person, right? Okay. You ready? Now, I'm going to call him Joseph. You call him whatever you want to call him, all right? Because you use his name. I'm just going to say Joseph because when I say Joseph, you say Mark, Fred, Sue, whatever. You ready? All right, let's say this. Dear Father in heaven, I intercede this morning for someone I'm going to invite to church 
I'm going to make a difference in their life. I ask you now to draw them by your spirit, prepare their heart for my invitation. I command you, Satan, take your hands off their thinking, release their mind. In the name of Jesus, I claim them for Christ. Thank you, Father, for anointing me, opening the door so I can invite them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now I say this. I declare God is the way maker. He makes a way when there seems to be no way. I declare God is on my side. I'm going forward confidently, boldly. No gate the hell, the no gate the devil puts up in my life will stop me. In the name of Jesus, the church is moving forward. Praise God. Praise God. I am more than a conqueror. Thanks be to God who always leaves me in triumph. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Give the Lord some praise in the house. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.